Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to week number four. This episode four. Is four. This, this is yeah, quattro. This is four. <laughs> this is our fourth episode already. It's wow. crazy. Time is just flying by. Good to see you guys again. Yes, yeah, we we, go, we we brought Kevin back. He uh, he didn't have a whole lot going on tonight, so we had a good. Uh, Success from last week. We had a great dialogue going on, so we thought let's just uh, let's have him come on tonight again to talk about some because he's got a lot of experience in some of the stuff we're going to be talking about tonight. Which Zach, want to yeah, give us a little so hint of what we're doing? This episode, we're going to break down um, to the best of our abilities different recovery programs um, and kind of what their differences are. So, what is the difference between AA and NA or they're both considered to be 12-step programs, so what are the different nuances? And as far as 12-step programs go, are there other programs that we can kind of, or that, that we'll touch into? Because obviously 12-steps aren't the only way that people get sober. I mean, there's therapy, there's refuge recovery, there's smart recovery, there's all these other recovery programs. Uh, so we're gonna kind of get into that and kind of break down what each, I guess what each one is and maybe get into detail on some more than others because I don't think we're all experts on all of them, but we'll, we'll try <laughs> we'll, and educate. We'll we'll yeah, we'll try and educate yeah. the population to the best of our abilities. So that's kind of what we're going to do. Excellent. Yeah, so let's, let's dive into it. So I, I, I want to just talk about my first experience with it just because it's like so fresh in my mind. Uh, I went into rehab and the first actual time I went to an AA meeting was the first night I got into um, rehab. Never been to AA. Always heard about it. You see it on uh, movies, and it's not all this like glamorized whatever. Like it's I I remember when I went in there, I had like zero expectations. I obviously was feeling very foggy from still. Uh, withdrawing from alcohol <laughs> and feeling really buzzed from you know, my head just you know really fuzzy but I remember sitting down and immediately when they start going to some of the serenity prayers and I just was really like fascinated about like what is the process how do I do this how does one feel comfortable because I felt so out of the loop and people were like it was like they have been doing it for years I felt like I was like the idiot mm. you know and then they can't they call you up and they're like hey this best person in the house, 24 hour chip, chip and hug and doing their thing. And I, I remember a few people when I was in uh, rehab, they were like patting me on the back, like, Mike, that's you. You need to go up there. And I was like, what, <laughs> you know, what am I doing? Go up and embarrass yourself yeah, go in up front and embarrass of yourself. everyone. And I, and I, re, and my reward, <laughs> my reward is a coin, you know, it just like, <laughs> it was, it was kind of different, but once I heard that first speaker and my first rehab or my fir first rehab, only rehab, I'm not going back to rehab. Anymore, <laughs> but my, my, the first person that got up cause the AA meeting was around a campfire and the guy looked at the campfire and he says, never in a million years would I have ever thought of being around a campfire sober and enjoying it. Mm. And that, that to me was like, it hit me so hard because like I love the outdoors I love camping but like every time I associate campfire and camping it's beer or alcohol or getting just wasted around the you know camping sure so I was too and seeing him say that like so vulnerable I was just like okay this I started seeing the bigger the bigger picture of it and it really made me feel like okay like I'm I'm not alone this clearly is bigger than over my head and 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 I really just love the the vibe of like Everyone is trying to become better. We all realize we have an issue. We're here for the same purpose. And there's zero judgment. And that was new to me. You know, really new. And I, and I like the process. So, I mean, that was really my first experience with AA. My, my uh, first experience uh, <clears throat> was a, a little bit nerve-wracking. Um, just because I was uncomfortable going, as I think I had mentioned before in the previous podcast. But I had also heard... Um, a uh, few different people say that um, AA was a cult. And so I, <laughs> I kind of went in to it <laughs> with that in the back of my mind. <clears throat> um, like halfway sitting on the chair ready to run away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and, you know, there's like uh, some, uh, some programs, you know, mention the concept of God, and I'm sure you guys will like touch on that at some point. But 
Um, and then there's other recovery programs that, um, that don't even use that particular con con uh, concept, mm -hmm. like uh, refuge, like you were talking about earlier, and I'm sure you'll address. But I was happy to find out after a couple of meetings that they are certainly not a cult, and um, they're just people trained to recover, and just like in every other meeting we go to. So I love I love the fact that you brought brought up the cult uh, <laughs> stigma that it has, because when I, my first my first run in with a twelve step meeting was actually NA and not AA, and it was a very young crowd. Everybody was uh, was was in a treatment center from somewhere because I I was in treatment in Taos, New Mexico, and it's a huge treatment town. I mean, there's like seven treatment centers. So when we went to first initially when I walked into NA, I had no idea that it was real that people would sit around in a circle and say, hi, I'm so-and-so and I am an alcoholic. Yeah, it was like Fight like, Club. I thought it was, I thought that was a Hollywood thing. Oh, I did I, <laughs> And I laughed at it. I was like, who the fuck? Yeah. It was, but as I'm laughing, everybody's giving me this weird look. I'm like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? Mm -hmm. And then when I went to, when I went to AA, um, in Taos, in Taos, New Mexico on, I think it's on S Sunday nights. I can't remember. It's been a while. Uh, they have a candlelight meeting and candlelight meetings is they turn all the lights out and everybody sits in a circle around these candles that just lights the room. And there's actually, there's actually a psychological reason behind it, which is people open up in less light. And so there is almost, it does have almost a therapeutic value, but when you're 22 years old, coming off of, you know, a God knows how many year drug binge, mm -hmm. and they walk you into this Adobe church mm -hmm. with these old, with all these old men from New Mexico and half of, I mean, I, out of the, I, I bet there was maybe half a dozen old men in there. And the, the number of teeth that they had, I could count on two hands, <laughs> which was terrifying. Mm -hmm. And... So we walk in and the lights are on and I'm like, okay, this isn't that bad. I didn't know it was a candlelight meeting. I had no idea. And then they hit the lights and they had to say the serenity prayer, which I had never heard of in my entire life until I walked into that, right. to that 12 step meeting or the, that AA meeting. And, uh, they're all circled around these candles, you know? God, grant us the serenity. It was terrifying. Oh, I would have went cult. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I was, I was legitimately, I was waiting for them to pull the chicken out and like chop it down. Right. Like some, mm. you know, we are sacrificing this to the, you know, alcoholic gods. That's what I thought it was. Uh, and so, thank God uh, they made me go back. Because on my own, I would have never gone back to that. I don't even think I would have stuck around if I was on my own. There would have been no way. And we, the, the funny part, though, that I'm just going to throw in there is I went back there just this last winter mm -hmm. to that same exact meeting. It was the first AA meeting that I'd ever gone to. And I walk into that meeting, and there's only maybe four or five people in there. That's about it, other than the person that I came with. And I start joking about that. I tell them that exact same story. And... They all just looked at me with these blank looks on their face. Hmm. They didn't even laugh at it, which is even more terrifying. Right. Like if if somebody would have shared that story when I was in there and and nobody laughed or moved, I would have been out the fucking door yeah. ASAP. <laughs> so <laughs> that uh, that was actually my first, my very first experience was I really did think it was a cult. Mm -hmm. I, I thought, I, and I thought it was a Hollywood thing. Like I didn't think that was. People really sit in a group and like address themselves by their first name. I mean, what is this third party, you know, this third person shit? Well, a lot of people can like associate it with like a negative. My, my parents uh, never having, you know, drugs or alcohol issues ever. My, uh, my mom's sister had some issues and she didn't have a driver's license. So my parents would actually take her to AA a long time ago and she would end up hooking up with people or like going on dates with people and it'd end up being really bad because it's like people have like what two three weeks of sobriety and then they're connecting together and right. they're like okay here we go so my parents always associate it with just like a 
kind of a negative of like, I don't see the benefit of it. You know, I don't see the, the true help. So when I went and I kind of had that mindset a little bit, not really knowing what it was. And when I went, when I was in the psych ward for that weekend, my wife actually got picked up from one of her friends and they went to an AA meeting together. And my wife came and she told me about it. She was like, man, it was, it was crazy. She's like the people that you would never associate really yourself a lot of the times in in a normal day-to-day or like crossing paths in a mall or whatever she was like those people came up and would, would just embrace you and just be like how are you and like just real authentic we are trying in our life and like it was it was she was telling me about it and I still didn't even believe her until you know a month later until when I went to rehab and kind of <laughs> realized I had an issue but right it's uh in, in you know an AA can get that way if I, I think if you have don't have the right mindset going into it and you're and you jump into something like a relationship where you see somebody like that i think you might be doing the wrong thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) red flag absolutely um what uh one of the things that i think people sticking with sticking with aa right now one of the things that I think people get really caught up in is the word alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole reason that I attend the number of Alcoholics Anonymous meetings that I do is because, and, and, and if you listen to the episode one, I know it's long. It's like really long. We let it go way too long. <laughs> but I talk about how I had I had a really bad meth addiction. I didn't. I, I drinking was I I thought was sober. So when I got into an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, I thought, I well, I'm not... I tell that story because that's just hysterical. I know. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> but the Alcoholics Anonymous, so I thought, well, I'm not an alcoholic, so I don't have a problem with that, right? So then this doesn't apply to me. And they even, they even suggest, which I do, is they suggest that you uh, address yourself as an alcoholic, as an addict, because it separates you know, people. I'm about to spill a drink. I've almost <laughs> done that like three times now. Um, cause they make you address or they ask you to address yourself as an alcoholic because it's, so it keeps everybody on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there's this, almost this stigma that I can't be an addict and go to an Alcoholics Anonymous mm-hmm. meeting and I can't be, uh, you know, I can't be an overeater or I can't be, I can't have a problem with anything else because this is for alcoholics only and i don't think that's the case yeah so like i I thought that was interesting and um being a member of alcoholics anonymous um um, but i also had a cross addiction of drugs and um, this especially in this i want to say in this day and age that comes up a lot. You very, very rarely meet an alcoholic who is not also a drug addict. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the one of one of the things that comes up constantly is, you know, like like your dilemma. You know, I have uh, a problem with this drug and not alcohol. You know, and and things like that. And what a lot of people don't realize is that alcohol is a drug. And for some reason, they get this mindset that alcohol is something completely different than a drug. And um, uh, if you if you play that game, and I call it a a game because that's exactly what it is. It's a mental game that you're not addicted to a drug if you're an alcoholic. And um, and people use that excuse all the time. Like they'll they'll come in um, with an alcohol problem. And they'll kick their alcohol problem, and then they'll use drugs and say, "Well, I didn't relapse because it wasn't alcohol." <laughs> it's kind of, right. Yeah, and then they find themselves drinking all over again because that's where the drugs led them is back to alcohol, and um, and we see this come up in meetings all the time. So, but you also come in with these diehards that that um, that only have an alcohol addiction and say they may use other drugs, but it's not their ass kicker. So, um, <clears throat> so they simply, um, especially a lot of the, what, what, what I've, in my experience, what I found with is a, a lot of the older generations, um, 
will come in and they'll be upset when a heroin addict starts to speak up and starts to tell his story. And they're like, well, I can't relate to a heroin addict's story when I'm an alcoholic. And, you know, it's, this is only my opinion and my opinion, you know, only matters to me, but, um, it's the same story. Just, it's a different, it's a different. No, I think I always say it's the same chains uh, with different hooks. No, I think it is. I think everyone, obviously, if you have had addiction issues, you are constantly looking for loopholes to get yourself into. That's exactly what you you're know, doing. That's what you're looking it's for. It's a mental mind game. Yeah, it's like a mental gymnastics where you're like, okay, well, check this off, check this off, but yeah, okay, let's do that. Right. You know, <laughs> exactly. but but from my experience, I think that the vibe is a little bit different from because I, mean, I we, we went to some CA meetings, NA meetings, AA meetings, C- um, CDA. Yeah, we went to see. Yeah, we went to a bunch of them, and mm-hmm. I felt like the vibe, the whole purpose of all of them. Obviously, I felt like it was a positive thing. I went to one CA meeting where I did not feel like it was. I didn't learn anything. I just like I got up and like laughed because it was just. Which one was that? CA. Oh, okay. It was just weird. Sure. Me, not they get ge- not generalizing like the actual CA, but it was just the specific CA meeting I went into. It was a little bit bizarre. I mean, the guy was getting into like this moral battle of women and stuff and they're just like totally is like well because there's a loophole he says well you know i i want to hook up with a girl but i can't do that if i'm on cocaine so i'm not doing cocaine so i can hook up with a girl it was just like it was annoying to listen to for him for 15 minutes okay we get it you want to hook up with a girl (laughs) (laughs) that's funny i think the i think the problem with AA and for whoever I don't it's not a problem with AA I think it's a problem with understanding AA and new people in recovery is they get because rarely it's exactly what you said rarely do you meet an alcoholic that doesn't have some type of drug problem right whether it's a prescription drug problem or an illegal drug problem or anything else and it might not even be a drug problem they may be overdoing it in other things Mm -hmm. as well sure um i mean for instance we were talking two weeks ago mike was talking about how once he quit drinking he just gave everything into writing right everything into writing Mm -hmm. and then once the writing died down the pig drinking started again so it's not, I mean, everybody has this almost co-addictive pattern because it's not, it's not the chemical, it's the, it's the behavior behind it. Sure. Um, but the problem that people have is, is like what we were saying is, is they get into this alcohol and then, oh no, alcohol, um, I, I'm not, I don't have an alcohol problem, but out, AA meetings are everywhere. I mean, they are the most common meeting that you can find, 12-step meeting that you can find is an AA meeting. Um, but it created this this um, this debacle in these meetings of we're different, you know, like the old timers. Because back when the back when AA was first developed, drugs weren't really a thing. They were, but they weren't really talked about. I guess right. And it was cha- ongoing, you know, change, new yeah, new discoveries of whatever. You and know. I and I want to point out that in the hometown that I grew up in, there was one. NA, NA, Narcotics Anonymous meeting, which I'm about to push this into, um, one Narcotics Anonymous meeting a week versus, uh, that, that had maybe three people in it, versus seven meetings a week, one every single night that had at least half a dozen people in it, and it was AA. And so I think this will now kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll try and push it into the, to, to our next uh, 12 step, which is like NA and other programs. But for anybody who's listening and all you have is AA meetings, fucking go to them. Absolutely. Go to them. It doesn't matter if you're addicted to snorting pixie sticks. Go to them. Because it's the same message, just in a different in a different context. Right. Well, on top of that too, it's 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 crazy to me of the area where I grew up in and not being aware of my surroundings of like, of how easily accessible they are to go to. Um, and how close they really were to my house. Like when I got out of rehab, I was like, okay, there's actually a rehab center that's a mile from my home. I had no idea. And they have AA every single Sunday night. And, and then even when I was in rehab, which was about 20 miles away from my house, I started noticing cause I grew up in the area 
and just driving around in the you know the druggy buggy or the the van the, the druggy buggy the Klana the Klana van yeah <laughs> you know we had all these names for it but but like you start driving around you start noticing all the buildings that like we're going into and you're like I I went to I went to college here and we're going to this building here and it's like they're, they're everywhere yeah and it's it's uh it's crazy to how big the how big the community really is so it. I do recommend what Zach says is go to him. Well, from what from what I understand, um, uh, I most, if not all, current twelve-step um, programs, whether it be CDA or NA or SA or all the other A's, um, stem from AA. Like AA was like the founder of the twelve-step program. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> when all these um, other people, uh, you know, started coming in, they started seeing alcoholics actually get well for the first time as a cultural sort of movement towards recovery instead of damnation as far as, you know, the alcoholism goes. Um, um, people with these other addictions started saying, you know, like, well, you know, I have a problem with this drug or with this sex problem or, you know. Um, this kind of thing can can we use your twelve steps? And AA was like absolutely, yeah. um, because it's 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 twelve steps of common sense is really what it is. And well, it, I think it helps you to kind of like really putting the brakes on your life and taking kind of the moral inventory of yourself. Of sure, where am I? What do I want? Where do I? Where am I going? And who's going to help me get there? Right. And how am I going to help other people eventually get there too to kind of keep the the, the torch lit right you know mm-hmm. it's really it, it, exactly and it, it goes to almost push you got to push past these superficial barriers of the difference in the chemicals it's not about the chemical it's about the behavior right and and you gotta and you gotta push through that and, and how much motivation you have um, to get beyond what they what do they say principles before personality right okay. sure mm-hmm. um, so as far as as far as AA goes it, and like what you were saying it branches out into different twelve step programs um, there are so many others that also people are unaware I didn't know so Narcotics Anonymous I think is number two it's the biggest second biggest one mm-hmm. um, that's. I think global as well. It is global because uh, I'm moving to London, and I already know that there's. A, <laughs> I already know that there's several meetings in the area that I'm going to be in. Um, what are Kevin? You go to CDA on Thursdays. CDA. So right? yeah. So, so I'm one of those people that um, um, <clears throat> went to AA to get sober. That's what. That's the route that I took. That's the route that I was introduced to, and it worked. So I stuck with that. Um, but I am also one of those people that found the loophole. <laughs> uh, you know, oh, well, wait, you know, I can go out on these pills and it'll be fine because that's perfectly legal, <laughs> you know, in, oh my gosh, the way you think when you're an addict. But, you know, I, you know, that's okay and I don't have to be accountable for it because it's not a bottle of alcohol. And so I um, went back to, um, to drugs um, and, uh, um, and that didn't work out so well for me. <laughs> you know and uh shocker yeah exactly yeah it turned out kind it's of like here we go again the same thing i just went in a big loop maybe that's the loophole i just wrote around the outside of it and um um a friend of mine um told me about this thing called cda and i'm like what's what is cda what is that about and um it's actually stands for chemical dependency anonymous hmm. so i went there and I sat down, and um, lo and behold, it, it completely ran like an AA meeting. Um, CDA has, it's, it, it has the exact same steps as AA, and, as a matter, and they have their own book, um, big book, so to speak. Um, but it says right in the front of it, uh, it, it acknowledges AA. They, they say thank you to AA for letting us use their... Um, their book and they kind of a guideline yeah as a guideline and what they what they ended up doing is they got rid of the dilemma that AA has um, they recognize this is a big problem um, heroin addicts and meth addicts and all these other different kind of drug addicts 
um, that were coming to AA were feeling like they were being shunned by the AA puritists saying this is for alcoholics only. And um, they re they took the, the AA book itself and they rewrote it and updated the language that's being used in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous into a more modern um, version that they felt represented uh, representative uh, addicts in a whole. And so their motto is they do not use any kind of mind-altering substances of any kind. So there's no loophole. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's setting the standard high. Right. It's setting the standard really high. <laughs> so you can't say, well, I'm a heroin addict, but, you know, pot would be fine. Mm. <laughs> you know, so they, and it, and it, you know, they, they just get rid of that dilemma altogether. So anybody is welcome. You can you can go to CDA and say I'm an alcoholic. You can go to CDA and say I'm a meth addict. You can go to CDA and say I'm a heroin addict, and everybody just welcomes you and wants to hear your story of recovery. That's what you're there for. It just completely gets rid of the argument altogether. So I, I found it most helpful for me. Um, I still attend AA meetings um, just as often, um, and I go to CDA meetings also. You know because I also have that other. Uh, part of me so um, yeah that's what that's about see because I have a friend that I was in uh, IOP with and he he never still to this day has not been to an AA meeting and he just re- won't do it he just says I don't want to go there and hear like the sad war story of whatever and I feel like with to each their own, you know what I'm saying? Like I think, absolutely. and for him saying that so bold when we were in IOP and like the therapists were like, oh, what? You know, <laughs> and, and he was just like, I just, it just doesn't work for me. And, and he's like, I just don't want to do that. He's like, I'd rather go out and do something more active, you know, to work out. So he goes to this CrossFit gym that they work out and then they um, they talk about it kind of in a smaller version of not opening it up into like a real meeting. Sure. You know, there's stuff out there like that all the time, you know, that, that fixes and fits for different people. Sure. So I, and I, and I hear that a, a lot. Um, people will ask me about um, recovery, uh, if, especially if they find out I'm in recovery. I don't run around like telling people I'm in recovery. Um, <laughs> but like, Word gets out, you know, and and I don't, and I, I, don't, I certainly don't try to hide it. Mm-hmm. If the subject comes up, I'll freely talk about it. Um, but people will say, "Oh, you're you're in AA." That means like you think only AA works, and you have to go to AA and recover and things like that. And um, I have to admit, when I was uh, when I first started going, I I I think I was a little more um, what was what's the word for it. Uh, Anyway, I kind of started thinking that, you know, like I, I felt like a convert to AA or mm-hmm. something, you know, like, oh, AA works and it's, you know, everybody should go to AA. But as time went on, it doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't like the atmosphere. Some some people don't like that kind of societal structure of AA. And um, we were talking about it earlier that, that even in the AA book itself, you know, it explains that they don't hold the monopoly on recovery. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I tell people who are, you know, vehemently against going to AA meetings that they, you know, and that like I can find recovery somewhere else. I'm sure of it. And I'm please do. Yeah. Find something. Yeah. Please do. If you can find recovery in a flower, pursue that. Sure. You know, just don't get a DUI. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I, I think one of the, something that I, that I notice, uh, especially working with people in early recovery is their immediate, and actually, last week, Kevin, you talked about um, you talked about kind of your immediate gut instinct of there's no fucking way I'm going to AA. There's no way I'm not doing that. Right. And a lot of I, several people do that. Several people do that, and it's not the the thing that is is concerning, and it's also also what you shared last week uh, towards the end of it is having the willingness to look at it and give it an honest try. Sure. Whether or not, whether or not it's your thing, whether or, or any program, it really doesn't matter. Um, but that that attitude of indifference and intolerance is honestly what sends a lot of people out, 
because they say I'm different, I'm better than that, I don't need that, or that's just immediately that's not going to work for me. Well, how the fuck do you know? Because you've done it. Right, <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> you don't know. No one knows. Sure. Um, but as it comes down to it, that's that's also and, and there is that almost stigma to it, it with people that are in AA or NA or CA or whatever whatever works for them. They're an advocate of it, and and you know that's the only way. Well, that's not the only way. Um, and I think I think you're completely but right on a on a level of like I don't know how deep we want to go into kind of like a, of a higher power or kind of more of a spirituality realm. Oh God, this. He's yeah, God know, know, here we go. Here, here we go. go. Everyone, hold on. Here. <laughs> hold on. Hold on to the table. Here we go. And um, we just lost half our listening. Hang on. <laughs> I just put my seatbelt on. Um, <laughs> Zach. <laughs> But on a on a like a level of that of a kind of higher power, there has been times where I have said something or I have heard something, and I've had either I've gone up to somebody after and been like, "I needed that. I needed to hear what you had to say." Right. So, however the universe, however you want to believe it, that you lined up at the same place that I lined up, and we're here at the same place. However you want to define that as your spirituality or God. I don't know how you want to, but for me, I feel like there is some of that level of that, that the, it's, it is really helpful. Like I spoke one time and talked about like having a young family and, and how hard it is and, and, and having little kids running around and just kind of the stress and life of that. And there was like literally a mom on the second row and she was like bawling and she was in rehab at the time. And she was like, you, I have two two children as well and she came up to me after and she was like I just feel like I am not alone I needed to hear what you had to say and I was just like well I you know I'm not like I'm well thank you I'm so great but it's I, I feel like the the unity and the real purpose of of that is that kind of that camaraderie of like togetherness we can do this you're not alone your story is similar than mine and I feel like that's such a uh, it's not rare it's definitely not rare of how many people can say, I can relate to you, you can relate to me. Exactly. Right, right. And, and, I, and, and you hit, hit, hit the nail on the head on the, the, the God concept. One of, these, one, one of the things that the, the 12-step programs, and they're not all 12-step programs, um, there's many others. Yeah, we'll get into them. And, <laughs> um, but one of the things that... that, that the 12-step program. Right. One of the things that the 12-step uh, programs have in common that I found is there's always that God concept mm-hmm. within the 12 steps. And that shies, uh, that makes a lot of people shy away. Most people that I've encountered anyway in addiction uh, that have had um, a problem with addiction have a lot of animosity towards the entire God concept. And I think that the, one of the things that helped me... Um, by going to different uh, 12-step programs, like sort of spreading my wings, so to speak, and, uh, uh, and trying out things like CDA and NA and, and trying to find my fit and where I fit in those um, different kinds of meetings, is that uh, I can have my own concept, mm-hmm. God concept. I do not have to... to uh, um, like abide by someone else's standard. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have to um, have that same concept of the God that I was raised with. You know, um, who knew that God could be anybody? <laughs> that, you know, it could be a I rock. Didn't, I didn't it could know. be a tree. It could be a rock. And to many people, well, it is a rock and it is right, a tree. <laughs> right. And, um, and, and that's quite freeing. It's not only freeing for me, but it's, it, it's freeing uh, about how I can relate to other people's stories and be able to just say, oh, well, that's their version of their higher power mm. and still be able and not just write them off as, you know, some kind of God fanatic or, you know, I can actually listen to the depth of their story um, regardless of what their version of their higher power is. One of the things that I think is I, I, the God concept in general get, I would say, 8 out of 10 people. Because a lot of people have a lot of shame and they have a lot of anger towards whatever God it is that they were either raised in or that they believe in. And when somebody told me, hey, you get to pick your higher power, I was, the first thing that went through my head is, fuck 
you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm serious it, because I did not believe that it didn't, it didn't even register in my head that that was an, that that was an option. When you're raised, you're raised with there's Catholicism, there's um, Baptist, I mean, any form of Christianity, then you can get into Hinduism and Buddhism and all these other, all these other religions that are out there. But fundamentally, somebody came up with that idea. Right. And I never, I, I, it, it took me so, actually it took me to this act of serious desperation to where I, I picked a, a cross beam that was holding up the ceiling. Oh, it's power greater than myself. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you guys. I found a higher power. Um, <laughs> To, to find or to, to ultimately give up, but the AA or I, I guess just the 12 steps in general, it's not just AA. I would honestly just, I would attribute it to the 12 steps, um, solved a problem that for centuries, millions of people, I mean, would fight over Christianity, the Crusades. Um, I mean, all the way through there's, there's so many historical, uh, incidences where religion has ended up causing wars and causing you know mass amounts of death sure. when in reality here we have at this moment uh, a way that we can pick our own god or our own higher power i god has such a taboo to it well if you look at religion as, as a whole not to like dive into straight religion but those religions they have to meet and fit the masses you know they have to fit the the person like the the chunk the, <clears throat> the chunk and chunk of the people like you don't you don't see it like in a catholic church or like a mormon church or a jewish church you're like hey everybody like up at the pulpit say hey you should go worship your own god you should figure it out for yourself it'd just be too hard to, to to do that you lose a lot of people people like structure people like to be told what to do it's a lot harder to just like dive into it and find your own thing that works for you sure and it's hard like i remember the first week when i was in rehab i was laying on my back getting ready to wait for the yoga instructor to come in and i was just like depressed i was like i'm i should be home with my wife i should be home with my kids i should be like what is wrong with me like i am failing as a husband my work needs me and i remember just laying there and taking a couple deep breaths and the sun came in through the window and it just like was on my face and it just warmed me up, warmed my face up. And I just started, like, tears coming down my face a little bit, trying to hide it a little bit because I was kind of over in the, uh, in the corner. And I, and I just felt like that is me. That's working for me as my higher power. It's like the warmth of the sun was gravitating me to feel like, Michael, what you're doing is your better, your betterness, better, better, I can't even say it. Bettering better, better, yourself. Yeah, there you go bettering yourself <clears throat> you know you're doing you're 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 doing something good and it, it was like the first time in a long time where i actually felt something else besides like alcohol just ruining my life it was you are doing what is working for you and who gives a shit who gives a shit about anybody else of what their thought is do what you're doing now right it was powerful it was really you know being raised in a you know really structured religion it was the first time in a very very long time i felt something like that so do you, do you, can you relate to the to the my concept of that god shot that they call it they, you'll, you'll hear that if you go to 12-step meetings you'll hear the words like god shot and you're like what what, what the hell are you talking about mm-hmm. um but i equate it to having a, a clear thought yeah yeah absolutely they're so rare it's yeah. like a religious <laughs> it experience. Is. It is. Like, it sounds aha moments. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, right, it right. sounds it sounds silly for somebody, and I could care less what they say. They're like, oh, okay, Mike, that's just sun on your face. Just, just go outside. You can do get that any day you want to. But right. you know that that could, um, you know, for them, sure, they can think that of me. I don't really care. But they probably almost, have their own thing. Those you know? experiences have to line up at the right time, though, right? So like two weeks or three weeks before the moment that you had that that experience it wouldn't have done the same you could walk outside and you're like oh it's hot out here right and then you know walk up walk back inside or oh i'm gonna get a sunburn and walk walk back inside um but to it's also the timing and like what kevin said and you actually talked about it last week as well um the the clear thought that that becomes the spiritual experience that is then attributed to a higher power, higher thought. Right, right. 
Um, it's not necessarily, oh, I got into the sun. Those are skeptics. Yeah, it's, it's, and there's going to be those skeptics. Yeah. They're going to say that shit. And, well, they're going to find their own, you know, higher power or deity or whatever it may be. Right, right. And I think, I think it varies for people. You know, I've had different experiences like that where it's like, okay, obviously it feels right inside and what I'm doing is progressing. I'm, I'm better... I keep saying... I keep screwing myself up. <laughs> bettering yourself. Bettering, bettering myself. Something like I'm buttering myself. <laughs> buttering a piece of toast or something. <laughs> so, as far as... Um, I, we don't want to dive too much into this. We've already spent 40 minutes on AA and NA and 12-step programs. So there's other programs out there. The let's, reason, talk about, let's talk about Refuge. Let's talk about Refuge. Before it gets... Yeah, before you run out. Jump into it. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. Um, I was just about to say we need to get into something else. (laughs) Refuge recovery. That is for the... Do you guys guys know what Refuge is? It's a Buddhist. It's the... from my understanding of it, and I was—I actually had the opportunity to go to a few um, refuge recovery meetings, and uh, I had never heard of it before. Well, why would I have? But like you know, throughout <laughs> throughout You're recovery, all shocked. yeah, throughout recovery, I've had the opportunity um, to go to quite a few meetings. Like I said um, last week, I, I I work in uh, in recovery, so uh, I, I get to see like all of these different avenues. Uh, of recovery and uh, I went to a, a refuge recovery meeting it's it's the Buddhist version of the of a 12-step program um, and from my understanding Buddhists don't necessarily have a divine uh, godlike power in their philosophical I, I want to say I'm not sure that I really want to call it a religion although you know to the listeners I'm ignorant on the subject and I apologize for that <laughs> but it's 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 like a Philosophy. A, a philosophy that's yeah. a, a, a set up kind of in a religious way, I suppose, from a religious person's point of view. Um, although I'm not religious at all. But. <laughs> spiritual. We, you Come on, spiritual. Kevin. Quit beating okay. yourself up. Okay. Yeah. Spiritual. Right. A spiritual, yeah. A spiritual point of view. And um, it, it, was, it was really neat. It was very meditative. Um, people uh, talked... It, it, it ran very similar to a 12-step meeting. People talked and shared um, about the recovery in the same way. Um, you just didn't hear the word, really, what the, what I noticed about it is I didn't hear the word God, the actual word God coming up over and over and over again. What about higher power? Did you hear anything about higher power either? They kind of, it, it, it almost removed, they almost removed that, that aspect of it. Well, I, from what I got out of it, it was, it, it was, it was like finding the higher power in yourself, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I, I thought it was, it was a it was a really neat point of view. Well, so, the one thing I like about it is that you can bring it home. You can self do it. You know, like I, I had a little small refuge thing that I did with my wife because she was like asking all these questions. I got home from rehab and I was like, do you want to do like a little refuge recovery? She's like, what? And, and I was just like, I pulled up uh, yeah, the, the book and started reading through a lot of it with our eyes are closed. And we're talking about just like our mind and being aware of your body of releasing your stomach and the stresses and calming yourself and breathing and deep breathing and counting those breaths and, and it was my my wife and I. We were both just really calm after. It just like really makes you so aware of your body, of mm-hmm. of all of that, and 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 doing that. In when I was in rehab, we do refuge recovery on Thursday nights, Tuesday nights, something like that. Something like that. Tuesday yeah, or Thursday. Yeah, we were doing Tuesdays. Let's just say Tuesday. <laughs> and and we would we would do it. It was it was amazing to like just lay there and hearing the just the the music and just calm and how we did it it was it was very powering to me yeah it was peaceful yeah, very peaceful so zen to, you know but to me towards the towards the end of it um if if i had to sort of wrap it up um it 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 it, it was the same uh recovery message with a different modality mm-hmm. so which speaks volumes to some people. It does. It does. If, if some people are just really against the whole God concept. I grew up um, f- 
from you know when I was very young um, until I was a teenager in an extremely religious uh, family. I call it sort of dysfunctionally religious. Oh no, <laughs> no, my mom's gonna hear this. But, any, <laughs> but I doubt any, your mom's gonna listen. Yeah, to this. you're right. So <laughs> tell her about it. Anyway, um, so I was I was uh, familiar a little bit familiar with with the um, the structure of how like a god concept like worked Mm -hmm. I guess even though I ended up taking it all apart and restructuring it for myself after (laughs) the fact after I got sober and put it together on what works for me um but for somebody that's not familiar with that and and the concept of God seems extremely foreign and maybe even offensive um refuge works really well yeah Mm -hmm. with a lot of people with a mindset of you know God did this to me why did why does bad things happen to good people why am I put in this position right you know, it really helps to kind of, uh, in, in my opinion, helps you become mindful and aware of not only yourself, but the people in your surroundings that are around you. Of, of There is an easy way just to slow down. And, like in, and I read this statistic, not jumping ships into mindfulness, but it kind of goes parallel with this. I read this uh, from this doctor saying if you can start teaching your children really young to be aware of how they're feeling... And, and, and with the mindfulness, they can start to develop how they're feeling and they approach you of how they're feeling. I feel not, I don't feel very good right now. And like my little three-year-old right now, it's nuts. I look at him and he's, you can tell he's stressed out. I'm like, hey buddy. And then all of a sudden he looks at me and he goes. <sighs> <laughs> and he takes a deep breath. And I'm just like, wow. You know, and then he's that like. That is so he goes, smart. Yeah, that he goes, kid is he goes, woke. Yeah, he is. And he, look, and he looks at me and goes, dad, I feel so much better now. I'm just like, wow, you know, because if you, if you can do that, sure, you become aware of yourself. You don't look for that pattern of saying, I feel like shit, I'm going to go abuse some drugs and alcohol right now. Right. It's, I feel like shit, what do I do at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that are different in refuge recovery are, for one, it is not a 12-step program. Um, they actually believe in a couple other things. So the they have... The four truths of refuge recovery, which is one, um, addiction creates suffering. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) No brainer. Uh, (laughs) I just want to throw that out there. Uh, Two, uh, the cause of addiction is repetitive craving. Also, no brainer. Three, recovery is possible. And four, the path to recovery is available. Um, I think that's very... All good. Yeah, all good. (laughs) Very self-explanatory. It also does get into a lot of of mindfulness, the four foundations of mindfulness, which is body and breath, your feelings, your state of mind, and um, your mindfulness of mind objects, which it just says in parentheses, truth. I don't quite know what that means. Um, And then it also gets into the the eightfold path to recovery. So instead of... 12 steps they have eight steps and i'm not going to get into all eight of them because i we would be here all day um or we just spend an, another we just oh, create another know. yeah we just create another hour, yeah another <laughs> two hours of podcast uh, but it's really it, it goes from understanding to intention uh to communication and and so it's basically understanding that there's a problem having an intention to fix that problem uh, communication and community so reaching out and finding a community and then you know action um, livelihood and service and then keeping that effort and then seven which is mindfulness which is very much like steps 10 and 11 sure and it's what mindfulness being consistently mindful and uh and then concentration and meditations i'm not 100% on that, but you, there's actually a website. Refu- I, I stole all of this from refugerecovery.org. So if you're interested in it, check it out. Uh, it's, I mean, it's all online. You know, I, what I think is cool about um, recovery in general is that you find that most of these meetings are, you can easily move in and out of all of them because mm-hmm. they all have the exact same message. Yeah, if you're if you're if your mind is open enough to to take in the messages, mm-hmm. a lot of people they they shut their minds off. We had a client, I had a client, I guess, at work, that he um, he was born and bred Christian, 
And when he went into when he went into treatment, he had his Bible by him by his side, and God was gonna save him. And which I mean, more power to him if that works for you. That works for you. Sure. However, it, there's that story of um, you're you're there's a flood and you're on your roof, right? And, right. and you're saying to yourself, God's going to save me. God's going to save me. Well, a boat comes by and says, hey, do you need help? And you say, no, God's going to save me. You know, and then a helicopter flies by and says, hey, do you need help? We'll rescue you. And you say, no, God's going to come save me. And then you drown and then you get to, you know, heaven or wherever you go. And you look at God and you say, why didn't you save me? And God says, I did. I sent you a boat and a helicopter. Yeah, right. Like, it's all the same if we're open if your mind is open enough to to take it in and this this hardcore christian guy he would not he refused to go to refuge recovery because it was buddhist and it was against his religion see you know? and, and and both um both modalities um as far as like the god concept and refuge have have the same um <clears throat> kind of what i found had had the same message which which i didn't expect but it, it was uh, the the deflation of ego. Yeah. yeah. Um, get rid of, you know, how you define yourself. Drop it. Mm-hmm. Just completely drop it. It's it's literally one of the main messages that they that they that they teach is you know let's get rid of the ego and because um, it's it's usually your your ego that's keeping you drunk right or drugged up. Well, even uh, with with refuge recovery as well, um, like if people are kind of like, well, they're hearing us talking about it and they're like, well, how do I or whatever? I mean, they even offer, I mean, you can go buy the book. You could buy the, you could buy refuge recovery and do some of your own stuff. And then also they have, uh, I've been looking on my phone while you guys are talking. I was listening to you, but I was looking at this. Okay. Well. But <laughs> it says that you actually can get like on online like groups where they actually do a refuge recovery like a meeting, a group right. meeting online. online. Yeah, that's cool. Just kind of cool. I they do that with twelve step programs too. Do they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, have you guys? We're gonna move on because we're kind of running out of time. We spent a ton of time on twelve steps, but honestly, those twelve step groups are that's the vast majority of the recovery community. They're gonna be something twelve step based. Sure. Um. But the this next one that I want to focus on. Have you guys heard of Smart Recovery? I'm a little gray. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I, I've I've heard of it. I, it. It's more of like a like a cognitive sort of um, logic based. So yeah, pretty close. So right. there, I've got their website up again. You can find all this information online. Mm-hmm. I literally pulled up tab after tab of each one we're talking about on on their websites, and their mission says, or uh, their mission statement is to empower people to achieve independence from addiction problems with their science-based four-point program. And um, in their about, about me section, it says Smart Recovery is an abstinence-based organization with a sensible self-help program for people having problems with drinking and using. Um, it includes many ideas and techniques to help change your life from, from one that is self-destructive and unhappy to one that is constructive and satisfying. It is not a spinoff of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says that, like, own sense. I'm reading it right now. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, No one will label you an alcoholic, an addict, or diseased, nor powerless, which is a big turnoff to a lot of people. It is Mm -hmm. a big, huge turnoff to a lot of people. I had a problem with that, with just the concept of being called diseased. Yeah, to be gone. Or or somebody saying, you know, oh, I'm always going to be sick. That one, I I don't like hearing it. I still don't like hearing it. Yeah. Um, although, or, or it's a choice. Oh yeah, that's, I don't that's, like the choice one either. That that's a that's a whole. You have other, a choice. Yeah, right? you have a choice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So no one will label you that, and if you do not believe in a religion or spirituality, that's fine too. But it also says on here that you that they have an online message board that's available twenty four seven, which is cool. So like, if you are middle of the night stuff you know you could you you can jump into that as well that's awesome and it also says that i don't know zach if it says right here that you it teaches you the self-empowerment and self-reliance as well so here's where i've 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 kind of looked into this and here's where i have a concern towards towards this one is 
it really puts a lot of power on self. And a lot of people that get into recovery, or sorry, that get in, that are in active addictions, well, their best thinking got them there. Their selves landed them in that situation. And no matter how much motivation they had, and no matter how much will they had, they couldn't stop, which is why they sought out help. So the only thing I guess that I'm con- that I I have a, a concern about with that is in their four steps. Uh, step one is enhancing motivation. It's like prison time did wasn't enough motivation for me to like. <laughs> yeah. I would still go back out. I would still drink and drive, you know. And then refusing to act on urges to use. That's a lot easier said than done. Oh yeah, especially in active addiction. Um, and then managing life's problems in a sensible and effective way without substances. I think that's a good one. And developing a positive, balanced, and healthy lifestyle, which is everything that you could learn in another program as well. I would just be concerned as far as self-motivation goes. Because what motivates, what's more motivating the death? Right. Like, and then right. people will still drink and use, know, knowing full well that this is probably going probably gonna to kill me. Well, not only that, I mean, like, we all know that... It, addicts and alcoholics or whatever they are really really good at deceiving people and and deceiving our own selves as well so the last one where where it is point four on smart recovery where it's basically living a balanced life i don't know how you really like check in on that because you could be completely not living a balanced life but you're thinking you're living a balanced life you're lying to everybody on the outside making it look like you're doing good but there's there's definitely a i don't know it's a lot easier said than done, I guess. Like there's, it is a lot easier said than done. However, I'm not completely familiar with it. I don't. Yeah, none I'm, of us really are. So, um, if you're listening to this and you do know more about Smart Recovery, throw it up on our Instagram. Yeah. Because um, we'll post about we'll we'll post about this and and let us know a little more about it. I or I'm some stories of a like natural how it's skeptic, helped. yeah, or how it's helped. It's it's relatively new, especially compared to AA and NA and those other big time twelve step programs. It's relatively new. Same with Refuge. Refuge is actually fairly new as well. Right. I I would tell people like <clears throat> like I said a little bit before, it, it, whatever they're interested in, what, whatever modality that they decide to to pursue sobriety any reason or any way is good. If, 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 you, can, if you can gain a month of, of uh, sobriety and clear your mind a little bit so that you can uh, attain a place where you can branch out and find something in an intelligent cognitive way or cogent way, um, yeah, anything is good. Any of those programs that you've mentioned so far. Don't you agree? Yeah, I yeah. I, I, for for me, I really like going to AA meetings that have uh, somebody who's prepared. I really like having a, a um, I don't know, like a long open talk. Sure, like a speaker, a speaker, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like a format. Mm-hmm. I, I like that because it kind of like preps the person, so they're not just coming up and like you don't get the person. A lot of times, where they're like, I can't. If I didn't come today, then I don't know what I would have done. And they go into these. Or sad stories, which I don't mind hearing, but I really do. That's what's working and has worked for me is like I hear this story based of like, okay, and you hear it from like start to finish. And it gives me the kind of the confidence in myself that I'm like, okay, I can, I think I can relate. And it helps me kind of hear more of it. I'm more of a storyteller, you know, I really like that part of it, but that's, that's, that's my jam. I think uh, I think really what it comes down to so like AA I've noticed AA has an older crowd that's much more to the book. Um, NA is a much younger crowd that's that's uh, has a lot more at least what I've seen a lot more functions at least in the area that we're in has a lot more uh, they call it fellowshipping where they have dinners and fundraisers and all that other stuff. Um, refuge I I, I is really small so far i haven't really and then of course we we already discussed uh smart recovery but i think it really comes down it might down, just be really small because of where we are too. it could like be geographically. yeah 100 percent. right um i the but what i've noticed throughout all of them no matter if it's refuge or if it's smart or whatever it may be you get out what you put in absolutely right 
when when I got into when I got into treatment, or actually when I got out of treatment, the first thing, the first night that I did, I missed out on my little sister's birthday. After missing four months of my family life, I, and I went to a meeting because the first thing that I put in front of my recovery is the second thing I'm going to lose. Mm-hmm. And, and so anybody, if you, whatever, whatever program you decide to, to follow, if you don't give it your all, then you can't expect everything that they're promising. Right. Um, if I'm, if I'm not applying myself as much as I possibly can, then I better not get upset at the fact that, oh, I didn't get everything they told me I was going to get. Right. You know, like in AA, they have the ninth step promises. Mm-hmm. Um, NA also has, uh, I guess, kind of promises as well. Uh, and I'm sure other fellowships do. But it, you're not going to get it if you just go in there and half-ass it. You actually have to get up and do something because these programs require work. Um, Kevin, when... We're almost, we're almost out of time, but... Um, when, when you did the 12 steps, when you went through the 12 steps, was it just one of those, oh, let's talk about it. And I mean, we'll just, what's step one? Oh, I'm powerless. Yeah, I can't drink. What's step two? Oh, there's a higher power. Or did you actually have to write it down, read it, engage yourself in that <coughs> process? Uh, so <clears throat> I, wish it, I wish that was like a super simple answer for, to give you. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 the real answer is that I just didn't really do them. Um, uh, when I first got into recovery, I heard a lot of talk about 12 steps. Um, I actually got a sponsor because that's what they told me to do. I read through the 12 steps and thought, wow, I can get these done in about 20 minutes. And, <laughs> and, and, and that's the truth. That's well, the, there, there, was, there, was, there was a guy that was in our IOP that he like literally read the 12 steps and he's like uh, okay let's look number one done two done three done four done <laughs> right. like, just, like it was like that fast and right. uh, one, two of the other people that we just got out of 30 day and that person never did 30 days so they, we were just like oh my gosh you right know? I remember I, I did my step uh, four um, which is uh, in in the AA program in tw- or in a 12 step program was like you know writing down like kind of uh, my personal inventory which is like my resentment and all these other things you'd have to read the book to find out and um <clears throat> and i i called my sponsor at the time and i said um hey you know uh i'm gonna start writing this list will you listen to it so i can get my step five done which is sharing it with someone else and he said yeah absolutely like when you're done like give me a call you know and, and maybe i can help you through it like writing this stuff out and whatever and I hung up the phone, and about six or seven minutes later, I called him back and said, "Hey, okay, I'm ready. Can I come over?" <laughs> and, and, um, and he was like, um, "What? I don't, I don't think you fully understand." <laughs> yeah. And um, and and I was like, "No, no, I wrote everything out. It's like all done. I just, I just want to come over and get this done." And um, uh, I just wanted to get well. Yeah. You know, I was, I, I, I want to be well. I want to not be an alcoholic anymore right now. Like this after by this afternoon, I want to you know kick the alcohol. <laughs> well, it's, it's, <laughs> so I can just move the, on with my life. Exactly. Well, I just want to. The re- problem. The problem is, is that we all have that addict, you know, addiction personality where we're like, okay, I don't feel good. You drink, drink and drug. You right, know? right. So same thing. I want immediate her. satisfaction. Yeah, exactly. My my, ther- <laughs> my therapist told me I was like, I am so excited in a year from now, like one year from right now, that I will be sober and he was like Mike that's really dangerous to be talking like a full year from now you gotta go yeah. one day at a time like don't don't mm-hmm. overanalyze this thing right you're setting so, yourself up for yeah, yeah I mean you just want to <laughs> you want a quick fix right but yeah so I, I I eventually of course you know he wouldn't let me do my step five so I fired him immediately <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you're fired yeah yeah and went searching for another one and it, it, it came slowly mm-hmm. you know it, it came over time of understanding what the 12 steps are and um you know they're more of a way of, uh, a way of life uh, uh, practicing these steps as a way of life not something that you're going to work your way through in a day you know but they require they require time and they require work and it's with any program and it does and and what i was going to what i was going to say when i kept saying you know like about these different avenues and, and you know and any of them is is going to be worthwhile whether you buy into the actual program itself of wherever you're going to find your recovery. What I, what I wanted to emphasize what works for, or what I came to realize is that by going to these meetings, even if the, these meetings sucked, you know, like I went in and it was a, you know, a bunch of people doing a 
like drunkologues and right. you know, talking about like all, all these things they did when they were drunk and you know because you know I, I want to go there and hear about like how are you staying sober not, right. not what it was like when you weren't sober because that's where we all were um, it's it's not necessarily always going to be what I get out of the meeting or what I put into the meeting it's the fact that I took action and even went to a meeting at all right mm. it was the action that I took um, for myself to stay sober that day. Yeah, you were there, and mm-hmm. uh, there's been a few times where I've had like a really bad day where I've gone to a meeting and I'm like, I just want to gain like maybe one thing out of this. Just try to try to look for one thing, and usually that I end up with like ten or twenty, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because it is. You're right. It's just it's just taking that action. Um, but we are actually. Five minutes past time. All right. Let's so. see. We're not doing, we're not <laughs> doing episode one. We're not one. doing... Yeah, we're not going to pull off episode one. Um, I think really the moral... I mean, the, the gist of what I got out of this is there are so many avenues and uh, routes that people can take for recovery. Um, and as long as, as long as you apply yourself to it, whatever that route may be, and actually work through it, which is really hard yeah. for for a lot of people. Um, it, it you can be successful, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be a. It doesn't have to be refuge. It doesn't have to be whatever it may be. Yeah, uh, and don't and don't be afraid to evolve it. Yeah, yeah. That's the, well, that was what I was gonna close on at least what I wanted to say was that don't be int- intimidated by it. You know, I was extremely intimidated, and like just thinking it was weird. You know, and and I I feel like if you go in there just open heart open mind i really feel like you could be setting yourself up for a pretty good future absolutely cool right on (laughs) well that is the end of episode four and thanks kevin and we want to thank kevin for coming back because i like your words there was a lot of good insight (laughs) a lot of good insight that came from came from you so good shit a lot of knowledge so i appreciate that Yeah, so, uh, all right, we will catch everybody next week. And the last thing is, we'll post some of the stuff on our Instagram if you are curious about, like, some of the guidelines of AA and, you know, NA. I can put all that on Instagram so people have ideas. That'd be awesome. And there's also apps on your phone that you can find rooms to go into. Uh, There's a bunch of them, and they're everywhere. I'd be 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 really surprised. to hear, like, avenues that... We didn't mention. Yeah, yeah, I know. If you yes. know, if you know something, send us send us a message on Instagram or or post uh, comment on our posts, anything like that, and we'll yeah, we'll we'll tap into that. Yeah, absolutely. Because we don't know everything. That's for goddamn sure. No, or, or I we're trying. Podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Until next time. <laughs>